Hello. Welcome to Happily Ever Divorce, all things divorce and dating with Kat. I am a certified divorce coach, and the purpose of the show is to give you guys information, tips, and skills to help you navigate the transition of divorce, whether you're thinking about divorce, going through divorce, or post-divorce, and you're dating. So happy that you're here and taking a listen. We have a special guest today, and it's such a timely topic because we are here today talking about the holidays, wah, wah. Um, as many of us in the divorce professional world know, our phones tend to ring off the hook. We have lots of crises going on as we get through the holiday time, and uh, it's it's a period of stress. So it's not always a hallmark card, particularly for those of you who are going through divorce and even co-parenting and post-divorce. So let me introduce my guest. This is Galen Cragen. She is the founder of Cragen Coaching, and she's a fellow divorce coach. And I got to tell you. Um, I started divorce coaching in 2017. When I started, there was only 250 of us in the world. And now this is somebody from my town, my little town of Newburyport. So we have two divorce coaches in Newburyport, which is so cool. Um, and it's such a needed, necessary um, job. <laughs> so um, hopefully we can talk a little bit about that. But today we're going to focus on co-parenting. And I, if you want to introduce yourself. Sure. Hi, everyone. I'm Galen Cragen. Kat, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for being here. Yes. So I decided to become a divorce coach because, like many of us, went through my own divorce process and recognized that there was a need. There was that missing component to the divorce process that was someone to help you know, support, motivate, and guide you as you're going through the process, fill in some blanks for how the process works, either before you meet with an attorney or how that all ends up playing out and preparing you for that process. So the reason why yes. I, I wanna definitely speak yeah. about co-parenting is, uh, first of all, the thing with the holidays, right? Yes. So I call the holidays a memory container. So if, you, if I asked you, what were you doing with your ex-husband, say, you know, May 3rd, 2020, you probably wouldn't remember, right? right? But people do tend to remember what they were doing last Christmas and last New Year's and last Thanksgiving. And because of that, um, I think it, it, it's a time of nostalgia. It's a time of reminiscing. It's a time sometimes of grief. Um, it's a time of people feeling like they're not living up to their own expectations. You know, I think we all have a little bit of a you know, uh, what is that? Christmas vacation, national, <laughs> you yes. know, like, like Christmas should look a certain way. It should look like a, it should look this way or feel this way. And when it doesn't, we feel like we failed, right? Not to mention there's the financial pressures of yep. getting gifts. So when you're managing all that typical stuff, but also dealing with the breakup of your family, it's really confusing. And for a lot of my folks, they are dealing with it, but they're still living together. So they're still sort of pretending as if, things are normal and getting through the holidays, but there's a, lot, a high level of conflict in the home. So do you have like recommendations or, or things that are tips that you would tell for people who are dealing with that kind of situation? So particularly with people that are still living together, there's always two parts to that. I always wanna make sure that my client is in a safe environment. Of course. Yeah. So there's two types of divorces. There's the divorce where they're just deciding to split and then there's the divorce where it's actually not a safe situation. Mm -hmm. So for my clients that are not in a safe situation, we'll come up with a safety plan or really dive into some of the triggers that can come with being together in the holidays. 
um, I also took some training with the Jeannie Geiger um, oh. and did a and, uh, domestic abuse advocacy mm-hmm. training. So for those going through high conflict, it's definitely a much more complicated situation. Right. For those that are in the house, either way, a big important part is making sure that you have a plan, making sure that there's some set expectations, not only as adults do we need stability, but for the kids so that they know what the holidays will look like. Mm -hmm. Um, Certainly for those that are split up, making sure that there's a clear idea of how pickup and drop-off's gonna work. That's why I am always a huge component for having a lot of clarity in your separation agreement. So you're not trying to debate and fight and figure out those details at the last minute. Oh, absolutely. I mean, people laugh because I post on my social media in September. I, now is the time to figure out if your holiday schedule is in alignment with your exes, right? Yes. Because I get a lot of phone calls uh, on the 23rd, you know, at, at unreasonable hours because somebody's late or hasn't come to pick up or somebody's yes. trying to change the plan. So doing holidays successfully requires a lot of planning and, and some conversation. And yes. I know that can be hard. That's one of the things that both of us do is we coach our clients in real time on how to text with their ex or soon to be ex in an effective way. Yes. Right. So instead of just having a gut emotional reaction or defending yourself or accusing, because none of those things work, uh, not only with healthy people, but also definitely not with toxic people. So, you know, the grief that comes up, it's also the grief of a loss of rituals. And so one of the challenges of co-parenting during the holidays and particularly your first year is how do you create new rituals? Yes. So I think it's really important to actually think about the rituals that are important to you and your children that you want to continue on also. So everything is not starting from scratch. There are some things that you can bring into you, into your new life. But then, as you said, there is tremendous change. And as people, we do not like change. Right. That's sort of the <laughs> irony. Right. Living is all about adapting and changing constantly. So it's not a bad lesson for your children to learn as well that sometimes we have to pivot, we have to adapt and change things. So maybe sit down with your children and say, what's most important to you about the holiday season? What do you love about it? And figure out how you can bring some of those really important pieces into your new holiday traditions, and then talk through with them how we can adapt and come up with some other ones as well. Absolutely. So they can be part of that conversation also. Mm -hmm. And in most divorce agreements, Typically, holidays are shared, right? So yes. whether it's you get every other Christmas, yes. you know, even calendar years, or you split up the holiday itself, but um, typically the courts are invested in both parents being part of their children's routines. Yeah. So I always tell people, you can have Christmas morning any morning. It can be on yes. the 26th, the 27th. Kids won't care and how awesome that they get two abilities to open up presents. Like yes. they're not going to care about that. And you that's know? a great point because yep. I also want to remind parents, this is not competitive season no and it can feel that way where you feel bad that they've had to go through divorce particularly for those that are doing that first year after divorce we're having separate homes we do not need to go overboard giving presents for the kids it really is about having you present and being part of the day 
And, and they're going to take their yes. cues from you. If they see that you're happy and light yes. and jolly, the kids are going to be happy. If they see you. that you're depressed and sad, yes. um, stressed, then, you know, so you're really setting the tone yes. for them for sure. And that's verbal and nonverbal yes. because I have so many clients who say, well, I don't say anything to my kids. I'm like, no, but the eye rolls, the sucking of the teeth, mm-hmm. the slumping of the body, your kids pick up on all that, whether they're yes. able to verbalize it or not. Yeah. So. And it's so important, and I tell my clients, if it's not coming naturally, sometimes we do have to be, you know, going after that Emmy Award, whatever it is we have to tell ourselves. Um, And so that brings me to another part. A lot of what I do with my clients, especially preparing for this season, is we do talk through some of the worst case scenarios and some of the things that they're worried about. Mm -hmm. And we walk down that path. We come up with strategies to help them get through maybe some triggers or some things that might come up and then we release them. Mm-hmm. We've prepared ourselves and then we release them and then we decide this is the power of visualization and the power of perception. Then you visualize how you envision the perfect Christmas and how you want it to go. And you're prepared that it might not go perfectly, but you're at least getting your mindset in a very positive place. Yep. So that you're not going into it feeling negative, having those negative vibes, as you said. Mm-hmm. It's like wild. Kids are little social detectives. Oh, they super are. <laughs> so if you're not, even if you feel like you're not bringing the eye rolls in mm-hmm. and you're trying to have a positive outlook, again, they can feel that energy that's there. Absolutely. So you not only have to, you know, say the right things and act the right way, you have to believe. Yep that this holiday will go well Mm -hmm. and that you're very excited for the opportunity to do new things. That's the biggest thing. I think we all need to remember that life is just one big opportunity. Absolutely. The good and the bad. The good and the bad. Absolutely. The events, the events that happen in your life are not necessarily who you are as a person. So I tell people that as well. So I want to speak, um, because one of the things that I do talk to clients about is just normalizing the fact that things are different and the kids certainly can have the ability and the invitation to express anger, frustration, disappointment, what have you. Um, It doesn't mean you're going to change course or as you said, overcompensate for it. But I have one mom who came up with this great idea because as a single mom, there is a lot of financial pressure. Uh, You know, how do I have as many gifts under the tree as I've had in the past? And so she came up with a system where she actually has each of her kids pick one thing to read, one experience, one food and one piece of clothing. And they really pared down Christmas to that. And she really, again, it's an opportunity to teach Mm -hmm. the kids, what is this holiday really about? It's really about a chance to, you know, unplug, connect, eat some good food together, uh, notice each other. I mean, when we're so busy on the treadmill of life, we don't even do that. So even that is an opportunity. So take it instead of saying in grief or, you know, this is awful. You know, this mom could have sat around and cried and said, oh, this is so pathetic. I used to be able to get these kids so much. She really turned it around and embraced the positivity and her kids benefited as a result of that. Yes. And I'm sure they loved having that structure because they Mm -hmm. were also unsure of how the Christmas was going to go. Right. And so she made some very clear boundaries Mm -hmm. that they could also work within and they had the had the expectations set for them. Right. Which again, I think is really important to remember that these kids, they do need to know the plan. They need some of those expectations and that it doesn't have to be elaborate. Mm -hmm. It can be simple. 
It's just realizing that they need those things just like we do as adults. Absolutely. So as I'm helping uh, people who are co-parenting post-divorce even, things flare up every holiday, Um, particularly (laughs) if you're dealing with a narcissist, they have a certain knack for ruining holidays. Well, and that's the thing. This is trigger season. This trigger season for sure. That's their own. A lot of times, especially if we're dealing with high conflict people. Yep. Even when you were married, the holiday is triggering for them. Yep. And remember, just because the divorce has happened, the person hasn't changed. Yes. I know people tend to think that they're going to be better post-divorce, yes. but they're not. They're the same. We, <laughs> we become better. Yes. Because we do the work. We and do we our have inner control work. over that. Right. But we can't expect that the dynamic or that they will change or do that work. Absolutely. So yeah. again, expectations so that you're not thrown off when things do flare up around the holidays. But I, but one of the things too that um, that I think is important is to not, especially with the texting, because most yes. most of our high conflict parents are texting through like our family wizard or talking parents, but ha- not it's, it's sort of holding back having that restraint from the gut reaction. Like I know what he, I know what he or she's trying to do, right? Yes. Instead, put the work on the other parent, and we we shared a couple examples before we started um, recording today. But you know, ask your co-parent, no matter how much you're dying and hate them and want to punch them out. Tell me more. Explain to me more why that's so important. Yes. Help me understand why uh, Bobby should be at Aunt Mary's at 3 p.m. this mm. Christmas. Ask a lot of questions um, so that you really truly get a logical understanding of what's going on. If there's no logic, well, then that's a different way to respond and we can help you with that yeah. versus just gut reacting out of anger and frustration. And that's what they want to do. A yes. lot of times they're energy vampires. Yep. Right. And so you tend to be the light and the positive person and the dark people want to put that light out. Right. And so they're just wired that way to want to do that. And the holidays just provide those opportunities. So um, I would definitely say it's super important to pause. Just remember your powers and your composure So pause and also recognizing where this is coming from. Having some compassion. It doesn't mean you're okay with the behavior, but having compassion means that you can take the high road and look at it from a different perspective, knowing that they can't. They're deep in that valley of whatever they're in. Right. And they don't get down there in that valley with them. Don't jump in their swamp. No. (laughs) So they need to feel like they're in control. Mm -hmm. So Exactly as you said, you get to provide them with some opportunities. You get to ask them. And then they think, ooh, they feel important. Yes. Or they then get to make a decision based on, you know, you've given them options that work for you. And then you might say, would you like to do this or that? Versus just this back and forth. I'm not going to do it your way. Right. You have to do it my way. Because they are incapable of bending and adapting. Absolutely. Again, expectations. So if your expectations yes. are managed enough or AKA low enough, right? <laughs> it just, it's really a way to protect your mental health, right? right? I mean, it's, that's, it's more about yes. that than being right and realizing if there's any hope. I mean, that's the mm-hmm. other thing on the, on the other side of anger is always hope. It's hope that this person's going to get it. They're going to apologize. They're going to understand what they did. They're going to support yeah. me as a parent. <laughs> 
get rid of that hope. Yes. Okay. Hope for, hope uh, is a powerful yeah. word. Yep. But let that it, be yours. You yes. can hope for things for your life that you yes. can control. for your life. Yes. yes. But not for others. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to ask you, do you have any tips for parents who are, and, and for a lot of parents, it's some, sometimes it's their first time dealing with like yes. a Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve alone. What are tips that you give your clients? Yeah. Well, I think a very important component to all of this, especially for the first timers that I wanted to make sure that we did address is making sure as you go into those social situations that you also have your story, mm. right? Mm -hmm. You know how you want to explain the situation that you're in or the divorce process. Many people, especially at a, an event like that, you're not going to go into the details that you might with your divorce coach or your therapist. So making sure that you do work with your coach on what it is you want to say. Oh, we do a lot of that. Like how are you going to tell family members, yes. right? And you feel confident. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people in, uh, avoid social situations because they don't know what to say. Right. And so, isolation is not the way to get yes. through the holidays. Yeah. And so that's the thing. If you're on your own that first year, get the confidence you need. Have your story ready to go. Find the things. Get yourself in a place where you're feeling your best. Yeah. And say yes to those plans. And by the way, you don't owe anybody a novel. No. <laughs> you know, you're an adult. You yes. can say something as simple, you know, depending on how close you are to the family member as we wanted different things in life. You yes. know, we grew apart. We weren't working together well as a team. And that's it. Yes. And and people, I do think people, just like the kids take their cues from you, people in general do as well. You know, yes. if you're coming into the party and you're like, I'm a single mom and you're smiling and making great eye contact and your shoulders are back yeah. and people are like, God damn, great. You yes. know, but if you come in like slumped over in, in shame, yes. people pick up on that. And that's when they tend to ask more and more questions, right? Like, oh, yes. there's something here I need to pick at. And <laughs> right? I think it's also important too, on the, on the flip side, if you aren't feeling your best self, listen to what your body is telling you. Mm -hmm. If you need to grieve and you need to say no to some plans, I also see a lot of people it's almost like an addiction. Throwing themselves into so oh, yeah. many plans, Activity. so yep. many activities, working like crazy. That's also not the solution. It's right. really about looking inward, figuring out what you need. And this might be the first time in your life that you've been doing that, that right. you've had the chance. I mean, part of divorce is gaining some extra time to yourself, which you probably haven't had in a long time, and freedom. We use that word, right? Having the freedom. So really think about what it is you want to do. You could even come up with a list of things you've never done because you were always at your spouse's family or you were always doing other things or the kids were too young to do certain things and really embrace, again, that opportunity. Yes, definitely. Um, self-care, self-care, self-care is yes. so important for everybody getting through the holidays. And I love that you brought up um, numbing. Because I think that people do tend to numb out the pain yes. of divorce um, with medication, with overwork, uh, the gym, with new relationships, new relationships, online dating, and so just acknowledge the grief, sit with it, don't become it. Yes. So uh, becoming it is one thing we don't want you to be, but yeah. you have to move through it and process it. It's going to pop up if you don't deal yeah. with it. My favorite, feel to heal. I love that. And yep. I will say, I just want to remind everyone, this is. You're going through the grieving process. Losing somebody 
doesn't mean that they've died. It means that it's a loss and they're no longer part of your life. So mm-hmm. your body's going to be going through the same grief process that you do when you have physically someone has left this right. earth Absolutely. right, and they passed away. Mm-hmm. So giving people that grace period, I think if you look at it that way, that it's similar to a death, I think that there'd be a lot less pressure on people to pick themselves up, move on. Certainly in the movies, they probably have a few days where they're on the couch right. having ice cream, and suddenly that one friend in the perfect outfit shows up, <laughs> oh, knocks on that door, and she yep. said, we're getting you out. And the next thing you know, this girl pops up, her hair's perfect, the makeup's done, <laughs> the outfit's great, and she's out having the time of her life and dancing, and right. you know, the guy from high school it's like, is suddenly popping into her life yeah, again. Yeah, it's a Hallmark movie. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And to your point, mm-hmm. if you are pushing things down, they just come out the sides. Oh, they sure do. And you have yep. no idea when that will happen. Yep. So it's better to just deal with it. And those scenarios of looking your best and going out dancing and having a great time, that is part of your story, but you don't need to rush the process. Absolutely. So yeah. can you um, let, uh, I was just going to say, yeah, viewers, listeners, <laughs> <laughs> we used to be on. Um, can you let people know where they can get in touch with you for divorce coaching? Yes. So I can be found on craigencoaching.com. That's C-R-A-G-I-N-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G. And through my website, I also offer a link to Calendarly, um, and I offer a 20-minute complimentary phone call so that you can see what coaching is all about. Those 20 minutes tend to go over. That's just my nature. (laughs) No, I do the same. Um, I use those as an opportunity to make sure that, again, you're in a safe environment and that you're in a good place Mm -hmm. as far as your emotions. And talk through a little bit of what you're going through and you can actually have a little mini coaching session. And then at the end is when we talk about how the sessions work. I do 50 minute sessions and then the money and the financial stuff. But the most important thing is that I'm learning about you right? and you're learning about how we react to each other. You have to have that you have to chemistry. have good chemistry with your coach yes. for sure. So uh, can we give a little shout out to Peggy Cooper? Because yes. we both trained at the CDC program, uh, which is we are CDC sisters. We're <laughs> alum. Um, and it's a great place for those of you who are thinking about doing divorce coaching. It's a great place to learn. Uh, and you learn life coaching yes. skills as well. And yes. most of us have, you know, I've sort of branched out a little bit into doing a lot of general relationship, co-parenting yep. and dating coaching. So there's just so many uh, ways to help people because yes. divorce is tough. It is really tough. It is much harder than dealing with the death of a, of a loved one, I think yes. even. It's much more complicated and, yes. and complex than that. So um, so I'm going to sign off. And again, if you guys have any questions for me, it's Kat Blake. It's Kat at CatBlakeCDC, CertifiedDivorceCoach.com. Please reach out. Hope that you are getting some good information as you're here listening to Happily Ever Divorce. And thank you for spending your time with us. Bye-bye.